Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake, I got a question for you. Okay. Have you dollar? <laughs> I think it's you do have dollar. You do have a dollar. I do. Good. You have a dollar. You do have dollar. Yep. Uh, for all of you wondering why, why? Start. <laughs> <laughs> finally got on profound, what, what profoundly something like that, like the thing on Facebook where you ask people anonymous questions. And first uh, question I asked Jake was, do you have a dollar? But whenever I sent it, I apparently didn't check to see if it was grammatically correct. And instead it was, you do have a dollar? <laughs> question mark. That was my first question when I sat down. It was, was just like, somebody sent me this and it doesn't make sense. And DJ just looks over and goes, it was me. And it was <laughs> with such certainty that I didn't believe him. Yeah. <laughs> He actually, that was his first question, so Jake just sat down and deleted the app right away. <laughs> Earlier this week, Rachel posted that we are looking for some artists again. If you are an artist and you would be interested in taking a stab at our banner, take a look at our banner and see if you've got a, a take on it, a spin on it. We would love to see your art style. Uh, send us a message uh, and let us know about your commission price. And uh, if you have a have an idea or we can brainstorm a little bit, uh, we're trying to build up a plethora of banners so we can kind of cycle through them. The ones we've gotten so far, we love and we would like to keep building that up, uh, especially as much as we can through artists that are in our listening community. And if you don't want to take a stab, you can take a bludgeon or a slash yeah. at it too. Yeah. Um, they'll never hear this, but I do want to thank... Evil Hat, again, for giving us early access to Tome of Mysteries. It was a lot of fun to be able to kind of get a first crack at these playbooks. So hopefully uh, everybody listening is enjoying them. And I think for now, I think it's just time to get back to the story. Uh, you do have a dollar. Is this a paywall? Do I have to pay a dollar to get out of the intro now? That's right. Crap. It's like our swear jar. The guys <laughs> have put down a jar that I have to put a dollar into unless I can make a clean segue out of the introduction. I'm Rev. And whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thanks for joining us. And uh, it's time to let the recap roll. I guess the first one will just be, are there levels to the thrall? So yes, the thrall is one level. You are in it, the end. It basically causes you with this werewolf's thrall to just give in to all of those primal instincts. And the other thing that he knows with this full success is that the thrall can be changed. If someone essentially, like in nature, can show dominance, now they are in control of that thrall. I'll press my little gem. And when we're ready, I will do the same. You hear the helicopter, and there is music blasting from the speakers. And the helicopter hits bad on the corner of the building and goes down. Jake, you and Jingles get right up to the building where you know the hostages are being held. And from inside, you hear, Well, did you come looking for something? Because uh, 
I mean, these are mine, and uh, I'm not too inclined to give them up to somebody. These will make good eating in a couple days. The other group crest the stairs on the pavilion and start to run down, and a werewolf comes from the back onto the center stage, and they sniff and look all three of you up and down, and then they say, Well, did IPT send me some new recruits? And the realization hits the three of you that the voice of this werewolf belongs to one of the men you're here to save. So here we are. It is slightly afternoon, and this camp is kicking. There is a downed helicopter shooting a flamethrower into a door and a set of windows of a barracks. There are people inside, and they are starting to work their way around trying to get to this helicopter. Jingles and Wallace stand about a hundred feet away from the place they know these prisoners to be locked up, and they've just heard the voice of a rather large creature come from inside. We, the listeners, know that it is the voice of Pardum, the leader of this werewolf gang. And Christine, Patrick, and Siobhan stand at the top of the seating of this outside amphitheater with a werewolf version of TJ standing on the stage taunting them. So, the assault team. You're him, aren't you? James's grandson. Yeah, I'm him. What of it? Look, we're here to try to get you out of this. Where's the one that leads this gang? You're looking at him. Oh, shite. Patrick, Christine, hold him. And I am going to pound my staff into the ground and try to teleport away. All right, roll it. Um, And what this is actually specifically, we haven't talked about this aspect of the hex. Oh, we have not. Is we get what are called rotes, which are essentially kind of advanced and more specific versions of uh, some of the things you can do with use magic. Um, so there's kind of a whole process for going through that uh, with the keeper um, based on um, a number of things. You can get more of them as you level up, but essentially it's a way to narrow down and specify very specific effects that are a little stronger than the regular use magic effects. Yeah. Uh, so this was our take on uh, do something that is beyond human capability. And so it's a very specific kind of teleportation. And the other thing about this, too, is that it requires specific components to be able to do it's not like use magic where it might require something it might not um, but it has listed like i think what is it two that you have to have two components for each one two components from this list of five um and then you know you fill out everything like it's a move you're 10 plus you're seven to nine and you're fail Mm -hmm. um and so what's nice about it is that you know it's supposed to be designed so that your effects are greater and your uh failures are not as awful yeah Um, So this, I got my 10 plus, which is teleport to anywhere I've ever been or can see. And I am going to appear in the downed helicopter. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you find that Everett is there and he is not even at the controls of the helicopter anymore. He has left it running, but he has gone back to where the flamethrower is mounted and he is manually turning it so that it's not just facing forward. He's trying to kind of guess where groups are and spin it around so that he can kind of fend them off. Okay, can I tell from here where it looks like would be the easiest place for them to breach if they were going to get in? Um, It really depends where they can get. You know that the the back hatch is the largest one, um, but if anybody was able to get up onto the helicopter, it would be breaking through that glass. Um, Yeah, so if I feel like he's doing a halfway good job here still and he's still up and alive obviously then i'm gonna just use my basic use magic to bar a place from a specific type of creature all right roll it okay 
Oh, that gets me a seven. All right, so choose your glitch. Uh, I'm going to take a harm, so it's going to strain me, but yeah. So yeah, you slam your staff down and energy spreads throughout, and the whole interior of the helicopter has just a faint haze in it, and it doesn't seem to be affecting you. It's not affecting him, but you can see that it stops at the edge of the interior of this helicopter. All right, you should be good for a moment. What you just did, what's it do? Uh, in theory, werewolves can't get through into here. Oh, so you're saying maybe I could, like, pop the door and shoot out of it? Yeah. I like that. Good luck. I don't know that I'll be back for you. And then I'm going to pound the staff again and try to disappear again. Okay. Where do you appear next? Uh, I think I'm trying to use my line of sight on this one to get as close as I possibly can to that building where I know the lab is. Yeah, no problem. Everett has put the back door down and he is firing the gun out and you can clearly see where the lab is. Roll it. Damn it. That's a fail. That is a six. Okay, so we lined up this rote's fail as... Um, I cannot attempt to teleport again for several minutes, and I take minus one forward to use magic. Ooh, wow. So it fizzles as I pound the staff to the ground and use my magic word, and it just doesn't go. So, Patrick and Christine, Siobhan has just vanished and said, try to hold him down. What are you guys doing? Well, I think that me and Christine will look at each other at first, and then, like, what? And then turn back to... Teach and I look at her and I say, if he comes up here, we've gotta we've gotta hold him down. So I'm gonna need you to do that for me, love. Should I just go to him or wait for him to come here? Wait for him to come here. And she waits. And then I'm gonna yell over at Teach. Hey boy, I just uh, want you to know that I feel for you. I, I know you're you're going through some tough stuff, and uh, I, I think that you and I we could probably get along pretty well. And um, I'm basically trying to use Dark Desires. Tell us what that is. Uh, Dark Desires, you may use the Manipulate Someone move on monsters as long as you are using emotional ties. So you're trying to connect to him saying that I've been through some bad stuff. Yeah. All right. So roll Manipulate Someone. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's a 10. So the result is the same thing as Manipulate Someone? Correct. All right. Listen, I just... Want us to be friends here. I know you're going through some stuff, and I've been there, son. Uh, I mean, this here's my wife, and she's, well, she's not a regular human. Tell him, tell him, honey. Yeah, and I think that with your success, he, he just kind of stopped where he's at, and he's listening. Wallace, you have heard from inside of this room that someone has these people and they're not keen to give them up and that in a couple days they'll make for a good meal. And Jingles kind of looks up at you with a, uh, face. Who, uh, who do I have the pleasure of speaking with here? Uh, my name's Pardum. I used to run this place. Now I, uh, well, leadership's a little boring. It's much more fun to get to do the dirty work. Is that a little bit of bitterness I hear in your voice there, Pardum? You just start to hear a deep growl. Hey, look, man, I am i don't need to be your enemy here, all right? But I know how this stuff works. You know, you get unseated by someone under the thrall, they take over, and I can't imagine that feels good. What if I were to say that I could just help you, uh, you know, kick whoever's ass is in charge now and get you back on top? You let me take those people out of here as a uh, payment for my services? I'm torn. That's a good speech. But you can't manipulate monsters, can you? 
I, I don't know. I mean, like, I nothing says that I can manipulate monsters. Yeah. I don't know. Like, move-wise, you don't have one that no. says you can. No. And is he in wolf form? Like, are they a monster when they're a person who is infected with werewolfness, or are they a person? When they're a werewolf, they're surely a monster, but... I mean, I like, think it would be different based off of, like, there would be an argument if it was almost anybody else here, but because he is not just monsters physically, but in deed and mentality, he was trying to create an army of werewolves. Um, but yeah, you know what? Because that was his goal and it was taken away from him, roll manipulate someone with a minus one. Uh, seven. Because as long as I'm following my code, I have a plus one ongoing to manipulate someone. So yeah. that just that balanced me out there Balances and kept out. me from failing. Um, so the growling subsides. How would you do it? Well, how would I stop the guy who took your crown? Yeah. I don't know. Who is it? It's a guy over uh, some punk named Tej. Took my room, too. He's over in the amphitheater. Uh, and I mean, we know their, their names, right? Like, we know who's who? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm here to deal with that gentleman anyway, so, uh, boy, I I know a lot about that guy. Wait, 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 you're here to deal with him specifically? Yeah. Oh, are you from IPT? Oh, I don't know that I'm at liberty to discuss. We're talking a different bargain here. Information uh, costs. All right, all right. Well, I'll give you half of them now, and you go do the job you were supposed to do anyway, and when I'm back in charge, I won't eat the other two. You gotta release the other two, not just kind of keep them as toys. Yeah, that's fair. You let the kids go now. I hate to let them go because they taste so good, but I always feel a little guilty. It's like eating veal. Yeah, I mean, plus there's like half the meat there at best. Like it's not even a yeah, full meal. they're mostly muscle. I'm just looking at Jingles going, Ugh. I, sitting here, am a little queasy. Um, you hear uh, some movement inside, and then from around the corner of the building come two kids, uh, two girls, uh, one of them with red hair and one of them with blonde hair, and he's not far behind them, and he's big. He is almost seven feet tall and four feet at the shoulders, broad. Um, so one of my other moves is called Occult Confidential, and the first time that I see a monster minion or phenomenon, uh, I get to ask a question from Investigate a Mystery. Uh, okay. Uh, what is being concealed here? There isn't really a lot actually in this moment being concealed, but you get this strange impulse that if you fail, the two that you are taking with you won't be able to escape him, that they will end up back here again. Damn. Um. All right. So as, as he approaches and kind of hands off the kids, I want to go. So you want his two uh, dipshit friends gone too, right? You know, I don't really care so much about them they weren't any trouble but this one for some reason it was real aggressive and he just started challenging me from the first moment he was enthralled it's like he'd had a lot of the stuff in him already so there was something wild in him oh well, yeah but if there's something <laughs> wild about one of them you know stands the reason maybe there's something wild about the other two surely it's just a matter of time until they turn on you yeah um, and actually, I'm using another move. Oh, okay. Jeez. Oh, man. Which is called just one more thing. When you ask a suspect leading questions, roll plus charm. On a 10 plus, hold two. On a seven to nine, hold one. On a miss, hold one, but something bad's going to happen too. All right. So I'm just trying to not not ask him, but tell him like, yeah, you want those guys out of your hair as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Roll it. Uh, Seven. All right. And so what does that get you? Like, what are the questions? Uh, my options are... I can just ask another investigative mystery question. 
I can ask, was that a lie? I can ask, what is something you left out that you didn't want me to notice? Are you complicit with any ongoing criminal activity? (laughs) (laughs) And did you commit this specific crime? Good God, I thought you meant the keeper that whole time and i was like i beg your pardon i am not <laughs> announcing on our podcast the crimes i am i plead the fifth with. yeah um the one i want to go with is what is something you left out that you didn't want me to notice um so in that kind of vibe i got about what's going to happen mm-hmm. like elaborate like what what exactly what is he kind of keeping from me yes the thing that he has done as he approached that he didn't want you to see is because of the direction of the wind, he has your scent. And so you feel like that over a pretty great distance, he could track you. And so them as well, like he knows their scent. Yes. Even if I separate from them. Yeah, correct. That he could track any of these anybody down that he has had a good whiff of. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll take care of the other two while I'm at it. Get all these, all these damn rug rats out of your hair. All right. And uh, you know what? You get me back in charge and you get rid of all three of them, I'll, uh, uh, let's just say the monarchs of the moon will owe you one. Okay, so I'm going to take those two kids and I'm going to start moving toward the helicopter. All right, kids, stay low, stay with me. Jingles, you bring up the rear. Um, do, do you think you got this? Uh, what do you mean? You know what? I'll be right back. I just saw something. I want to go check it out. You'll do great. He turns and you see him run off behind the building where you know the motorcycles are kept. Yeah, bye, Christmas elf. <laughs> so you come tearing around the corner with these two kids in tow towards where you hear the helicopter still. Roll read a bad situation. I would love to. For once, I would love to. And it's a 13. All right. You get a hold three. Is that one of your advanced moves? Yeah, it is. And what is that? Uh, uh, also, just ask just any ask question. Just ask me whatever. Yeah, it's uh, 290 <laughs> <laughs> Um, What's the best way to protect these kids? Which is all still just pretty much a question off the list. Yeah. But- um, the best way to protect these kids would be if you could get mother hen unstuck get them inside and get him out of here question two how can i get mother hen unstuck um (laughs) from where you are you notice that the front wheel caught on a wire that was going between two of the buildings that is so thin it would have been impossible for him to see it but the strength of it is holding what's my best way to sever that wire you must sacrifice one of the children (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it thirsts for human blood yeah your eyes scan up and down the wire and you can see the building that it connects to and the building that it is on here. And it is attached to a very thick metal pole, but there is like a series of bolts and a clamp that are holding it on. If you could break that or loosen it or whatever, the wire would be free. Okay. And that's like, that's up. Did you say that's up on a building? Yeah. What building is it? Uh, it is this building and then it is the... um what is essentially the lab. Okay. All right, so Siobhan, you are inside Mother Hen with Everett. He has got the flamethrower going and kind of spinning it with one hand and firing a gun out the back. What would you like to do? Are there these things here in front of me now? Like I can clearly see werewolves? Yeah, they are coming around the back of the door, and so far they haven't got close enough to get to know they can't get inside. Okay. Um, you can tell me I'm wrong here, but I think this sort of invokes my temptation if there are aggressive things coming. Yeah, yeah. Roll to resist it. Um, do I want to? Oh, that's the question. That's also fair. Um, I don't think I do. I think I want to give in to this to sort of make a statement. Um, I just want to hit as many of them as I can. 
Um, so I want to try to use my burn everything, which is using magic to do. Uh, you can pick two. So the one I'm going to pick is three harm area magic obvious. All right. So where are you going to place it? Um, if they're kind of crowding forward, I just want to try to get the biggest concentration of them I can see. All right. Roll use magic. And I've got my minus one. You do. Okay. That still nets me an eight. All right. So uh, what is your glitch? Uh, I think the effect is weakened. Um, how is up to you, obviously, but... Okay, so yeah, I think that it is the same spell effect, but it is two damage instead of hmm. three. Okay. So describe to me, what does this burn all look like? Yeah, it for her hex fire, it's almost universally this like green-black flame. Um, it's just what she refers to as her hex flame. Um, so I think it's just raising her staff in her hand and this just kind of mushroom cloud of green fire bursts up from the middle of them from the ground up. Roll cool. Ooh. Uh, that's an 11. So you step towards the group that you want to get and you are cleanly in the view of the windshield. And you notice that a lot of them, even the ones not in the blast, see you. And the fire around your eyes and the wide hands. Are you doing anything else personally? Like, what happens to you when you give in to your dark side? Like, is there laughter? Is there tears? I think most people watching wouldn't be able to differentiate whether it's a grimace or a smile. I just lean into it. Um, so, yeah, it's just resolute stance. Um, staff firmly planted, just confident and forward. Tass and Jake, real cool. Oh no. You mean the real Tass and the real Jake? Correct. Eleven. Six. In the crowd, you see a handful of people run from this, and you think you recognize one of them as one of the people you're here to save. So one of them ran, but I just, that's all I noticed. Yeah, yep. You don't necessarily see the other one, but you think that you saw Jake run. Okay, very cool. So, Patrick, you are mid-conversation with this giant werewolf. Tell me about what you're talking about still. I, I'm I trying to figure out how long you can keep him enthralled with this conversation. Well, son, I know, like I said, what you're going through. And if there's anyone in this world who knows you like you know you, it's me. So, here's what I want you to do. Because I am you. Because I am you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be such a dick to everybody. <laughs> um, I knew your grandfather, and I know that you are just a spitting image of him, even though he is quite literally a werewolf. <laughs> I want you to know that your grandfather, he loved his grandkids very much, and he always knew that you would go on to be and do great things. Roll cool, and Christine will aid you. She senses what you're doing, so you get a plus one. Eight. As you're having this conversation with him, the sounds of people fighting and music blaring hit him for the first time, and you get the feeling that he's starting to get distracted and that talking to him may not last too much longer to keep him here as opposed to going and checking out what's happening. Then I want to go ahead and use my move called Monster Empathy. All right, what does that do? When you try to work out what a supernatural creature desires... Roll plus charm. On a 10, hold two. On a seven and nine, hold one. And I guess on a six, don't hold anything. All right, roll it. Nice, 13. All right, so what are your questions? The questions I can select from are, what does it most desire? 
What would it accept as good enough for now? And what would distract it? I'm going to go with uh, what would distract it. If you could tell him some stories, specific stories about his grandfather, it has been such a big thing for him never knowing him, but knowing that somehow they share a path in being able to deal with this strange mix of magic and technology, that that part of his humanity is still there because you kind of saw him perk up when you said that he's like his grandfather. Nice. Um, And just so I don't waste uh, one of these, uh, what does it most desire besides stories about Pappy? From the little bit of talking that you have done with him and seeing him react to, again, the story of his grandfather, it's a strange mix that you get because he is seemingly the leader here and he doesn't seem to be repulsed necessarily by the form that he is in because it is strong and it is fast. But you can tell that the way he moves his fingers when you start talking about his grandfather that it's almost like he's missing some of the dexterity or the fine, the very fine movements that allowed him to work on the different forms of technology and that he misses that. He wishes that he could work again. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I will uh, distract him and I will tell him a story about his grandfather. So, Wallace, what do you want to do? You know how to get the kid's safe, you know how to get Mother Hen free, you kind of know where the wire is connected that's holding it down, what would you like to do? I don't really have any good tools for this. I guess I'm going to pull out the dagger and go try and use it as like a flathead screwdriver to try and loosen some of that stuff up and get the wire free. All right, so roll act under pressure. I think that the wolves are fairly distracted. They're not going to be paying much attention to you, um, but you're going to try to climb and get around them and avoid the blades of the helicopter and the fire and everything. Nine. All right, so you will be able to climb up and use the dagger as a screwdriver to let loose this wire, but you're going to draw some attention from the werewolves who are closest to you. The kids are going to draw some attention from the werewolves closest to the side that they have been left on, or you're going to take some damage from the fire and the bullets and maybe even the helicopter blade as you get too close to it. I think it's got to be the damage. I think getting them out of here unhindered is way more important than his own physical safety. Yeah. So you take two points of damage, not armor defeating. As you're climbing up, you get clipped in the shoulder by the helicopter blade is just impossible to get past it without kind of passing through that danger zone but because he is not trying to fly right now it's not going fast enough for it to catch you twice okay and the wire is loose and as you look down to make sure that it is slack around the wheel black and green fire fill the area on the ground in front of you and you see siobhan behind the windshield of mother hen and she has the green and black fire spilling from her eyes and she is just leaning forward with this strange rictus grin on her face um has she cut a path through the werewolves that i could escort the kids to the helicopter uh, yeah, if the front drop-down door was open. Okay, while I'm up here, I want to start, like, waving my arms, trying to get the attention of either her or Everett, somebody on the helicopter. Uh, yeah, Everett sees you, and he turns and watches you as he's still kind of pivoting the flamethrower. All right, um, I want to, like, point down to where the kids are, and, like, a running motion, and, like, an open-the-door-up gesture. Yeah, there's no way for him to misinterpret that. He runs to the front. And he's firing the gun back over his shoulder, and he hits the lever, and the front drop-down door opens. Okay, 
uh, I'm going to scramble down and kind of like gather the kids up to where I'm kind of shielding them with my body and run them through to the helicopter. All right. Roll protect someone. Eight. All right. So you are able to get down and put both of them kind of under your arms and start to run. You get them up inside. And as you go, you notice that there is this strange mist that is not pouring out of the open doors and windows. But you do take two points of damage. And I think that you hit the top of this ramp once you are safely inside and kind of go down to a knee. But you are all three inside. Uh, I am unstable. Oh, right. Uh you gotta, you gotta get this thing in the air. Get these kids out of here. I, I cut a deal, sort of, with the werewolf that used to be in charge. That uh, he'd let the kids go if I shut TJ down, and if I uh, got him and all of them, all these guys that were here for out, then he'd let the other two people go, and he'd be back in charge. And I'm, I was lying out my ass, but he will find us and these kids if you don't get him out. Wait, shut TJ down. What's TJ got to do with it? Oh, uh, evidently he's the alpha now. Oh. Yes. Well, I've got a thought on that, but Wallace. Open up, and I actually uh, pull open my spell pouch, and um, I take out a little strip of leather and a tooth. We get a quick flashback of Wallace on the ground with a very bad gut shot, and Siobhan standing over him, and he can tell that whatever's about to happen is going to be painful, and he stretches his belt off, puts out a pocket knife, and cuts the end of it off, and puts it into his mouth and bites down hard, and it is the same piece that she is handing to him now. So as she gives him the piece of leather to bite down on, he opens his mouth. You can actually see that one of his back teeth is missing. God, I hate this part. And he bites down on it. Uh, So I'm actually utilizing technically two of my moves here at once. Um, One of them is this might sting, which is a heal um, that can heal three harm. And, uh, you know, there's some repercussions there, too. And I'm also using sympathetic token. So as long as I carry a personal object belonging to someone, such as a lock of hair or toenails or anything else like that, um, I get a plus one ongoing when I use magic against them or for them. Um, So that's what that tooth is for. Okay. Something that I've had from him in my creepy spell pouch. All right. Roll it. Okay. Okay. No, that's good. That's fine. Yeah. With the plus one, that got me to seven. Um, So that is the healing of three. Um, but also leaves a gnarly scar. I think that as you lay your hand on his back to try and heal the damage that he has taken, we see that black green fire roll from the top to the bottom of each wound, and there's a fairly thick layer of scar tissue at each of the places where his shirt has been torn from the claws and the bites he took outside. You okay? <gasps> oh, yeah. Pull- Pull the strip of leather out and another tooth comes with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the price you pay. So uh, where am I headed to? Uh, what are you folks going to do? We've got to get back down there. You coming or are you staying with the kids? Um, I think I think about that hard and I kind of look at Everett for a second and I'm kind of measuring how I feel about him. In that long stare, we get a brief glimpse inside of Wallace's head, and what we see is he and Margaret talking pretty quietly, but you can tell that they're both upset. At the end of the conversation, she turns and walks away, and she actually climbs into Mother Hen, and he stands with this sunset behind him, watching Margaret fly out of sight. I'll go with you. All right, so I assume we're moving, like the helicopter's going by now? Uh, He is not gone yet. I don't think he knows if you guys want to get out. Uh, They're still pretty crammed in, like they're trying to get in, though, still, right? At this point, 
between the fire and all of the damage, it's probably about a fourth of them left. Half of them have been killed because you have made this place impenetrable, and the other half fled at your display of magic. So it, it is still not a small number. There is probably 25 left. Oof, okay. All right, Everett, get her moving. And I'm going to put a hand on Wallace's shoulder and try again to teleport and get some distance, like still stay line of sight, but just all the way across towards those other buildings so that there's a big chunk of ground between us and the gang. He starts to raise all of the doors and starts to try to get the helicopter to lift off. And he has no problem. You are airborne. Uh, roll your teleport. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. So, mixed success means that I can't take somebody with me. Let's talk about luck mechanics, shall we? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, So, one of the things that we actually did not talk about much at the beginning of this, and this is my bad, um, but we have been fortunate enough to be a part of a thing with Evil Hat where they give early access to their games. And so, we had an opportunity to read over this book a while ago, and we didn't imagine actually we would be using it. These characters and this story is kind of a happy accident as episode 50. But uh, one of the new mechanics that they introduce in the Tome of Mysteries are ramifications for the use of luck for everybody, not just the Chosen. The Chosen, when they use luck, part of their destiny comes calling, which we saw with Tass and with Koshe. But now everybody's got one. Um, So what is your luck ramification? Right. Um, So it feeds much more into this idea of, um, you know, causing more danger based on this magic that the hex does. Um, So it reads as when you spend luck until the end of the mystery, backlash on your spells will be extra nasty. Oh, all right. Which it's already kind of nasty. So that's interesting. It's amazing we haven't had one yet. He said accidentally jinxing the table. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Accidentally. Wink. That's <laughs> why so I got you all those metal dice because I put magnets under the table. It does hell with the microphones and the recording equipment. <laughs> but I think it's worth it in the long run. The need here is dire. So I am going to spin that luck to get a full success so that we are both down on the ground with a good chunk of distance between us and the wolves. All right. So you both appear uh, right around outside the building that you think the lab is in. It is kind of the furthest building away from where you are. It is closer to where you know that you left TJ with Christine and Patrick, but you are on the ground again. All right. They're over at the amphitheater. I'm going to try something, so um, don't stay here. And I'm going to start drawing on the ground. Uh, okay. I'm going to get up and how, how far? How far do I need to retreat? Uh, just don't be here. Just go. I'll catch up. I'm going to go... I don't know which, I don't know where to go now. Um, I'm going to go in the lab. So Wallace, you push open the doors to the lab and you kind of see exactly what you have seen at other locations. When you have come into a place where gangs are active, it is a bunch of stolen and makeshift equipment used to create drugs. There are tables, there are scales, there are tons of beakers and Bunsen burners, everything. Just think of any of the main scenes from Breaking Bad is what the inside of this looks like. Is it occupied right now? It is not right now. Perfect. Uh, I am going to pull out my camera and just start snapping photos of everything. And I'm going to start collecting materials, like samples of whatever they're making, whatever they're using to make it. Like, I know that part of this is probably to reverse this process and purify the serum again. So I want to start 
trying to collect what I think they're using to taint it. All right. So back to Patrick, you have uh, been doing an amazing job of keeping TJ at bay with stories of his grandfather and connecting to him on a level uh, as a monster. So much so that you're pretty close to switching uh, romantic partners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then you create a time paradox. Oh, God. It's like when Fry becomes his own grandfather. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to come back to you, but I'm not even sure what to do because you have succeeded on all of your roles and there's really nothing to take him away from this because you found exactly what he wants and you can deliver it for a very long time. So I feel bad not coming back to you, but I don't think that there's anything to come back to right now unless you're going to change your tactic. You know, after after I think a while of telling him stories and everything, I could probably just sit down with him like, so why'd you... uh?" Why'd you go ahead and become a, a werewolf? Is there any way you can change back into your normal self? Uh, yeah, but unfortunately, I just look like the kid from Teen Wolf. So, I mean, <laughs> as cool as that sounds, it's not as good as, as in practice. I mean, look at me, though. I am a specimen. <laughs> what I'm gathering here is that you're trying to get him to switch forms. Yeah, correct. That way he's more easier to manage. And then also he's... I'm I'm trying to help him to embrace his humanity more than the monstrous side of him. Okay, and I think at this point that Christine has come down closer and she is sitting and she's adding into the story from her own experiences as, you know, a creature. Um so roll your move that lets you manipulate monsters. That would be dark desires. Is that with a plus one from Christine with a help out? Yeah, I think she's still helping out. Okay, that would be a nine then. So you can tell he feels a little uneasy about changing back, probably because of just the possible confrontation of the alphas or being seen as smaller and weak. So he will change back to continue to have this conversation with you. But as odd as it sounds, he wants you guys to go to his room with him. Because he wants to be in a place where he, he's just not in public. It sounds like an indecent proposal. I promise it's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, you want to show me your room? Uh, you want to show me your Nintendo or something? Yeah, that's like that? <laughs> oh, that's a real cool Power Ranger man you got there. Uh, yeah, so he leads the two of you back onto the stage and behind, and there are three or four rooms back there, and he opens the door to one of them, and it is a huge uh, space that has been turned into kind of a loft. There's a living room and a kitchen and a bedroom. Uh, it is like a suite, oddly enough. You can tell that some people spent a lot of time building this, you know, altering the inside of it. And you guys get inside there, and he sits down on a chair, and you see him strain a little bit, and he changes back. He doesn't look like the image that you guys were shown by Jingles. He's still a little bit more muscular, and he's got more canine features still. He's covered from head to toe in fur. Siobhan, you have just seen Wallace run inside. You have started to create a pattern on the ground. What are you up to? Uh, I am invoking another one of my rotes. Okay. Um, so as I do so, I'm making this very specific symbol on the ground, kind of a big circle with some designs in it. From my spell pouch, I am pulling out uh, a dried up old scale that's um, about the size of a silver dollar and throw that down into the circle. And I'm going to try to roll this uh, magic. All right. 
Roll it. Like you say scale like a like a dragon scale? Yeah, like a like a lizard scale. No, like a weight watchers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Like the kind that calculates your BMI and stuff. No, no, of justice. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. That is eleven. Alright, so your magic works exactly as you uh as you desire. What happens? I finish that spell and invoke the name Terracos the Inhaler, and a creature splits through this symbol and comes up out of the ground. It's low to the ground and very lizard-like, almost like a crocodile, except the head is much shorter and rounder, and it's just, like, the maw is just teeth. There isn't, like, lips and teeth underneath, like, the skull is shaped so that these just fangs curve down off of its just cheeks and face it's got eight stubby little legs and uh this big thick tail that curls up around like a scorpion tail except instead of any kind of barb or anything at the end it's just a circular gaping mouth and it looks thick enough to literally grab and probably suck in humanoid figures. And as this creature breaches the rift and starts to come through again, we are in the past. And we see Siobhan watching the rest of the team load a stretcher with a white sheet over a form onto Mother Hen. And she's neutral. She is blank-faced as she watches. And then she turns back and she sees this grotesque monster that we know as Terracos laying on the ground dead. And she moves over to Terracos and a dagger appears in her hand and she reaches down and she cuts off one of its scales. And she looks at it for a moment, then spits on Terracos and tucks the scale into her component's pouch and walks out of the room. So it looks up to me expectantly and I just point to the werewolves and say, have fun, dear. And it snaps its creepy lipless mouth and starts to move pretty quickly for something with such stubby little legs. And as I see that it's doing what I want, which for the sake of this rote is just he attacks my enemies, um, I'm going to turn on a heel and run into the lab as well. Um, I specifically am I'm kind of ignoring all of the sciencey stuff. I'm looking for crates or anything at all that would have vials of werewolf serum. Yeah, I, you are able to find some no problem. Um, you see that Wallace is inside taking photos and taking samples from what is essentially the front of the line, um, where things are being mixed, where components are being added. And you see a bunch of black crates at the end filled with werewolf serum vials and even some on kind of like cooling trays um, on the tables at the end. Uh, So technically I was part of the team that made the serum in the first place, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I assume it hasn't changed enough that I don't... Like, I guess what I'm asking is, do I know the properties of this stuff? Like, just what all it can do, the, the like limits of use, just any of the little nitty gritty. Is that all still the same? Yeah. I think that you guys had enough trial and error with it that, you know, you know, you guys had mentioned before that you knew about the ramifications of taking too much. Sure. Um, so I imagine that those of you who helped create it know, if not everybody, since, you know, it was a, Hey, be careful with this. Um, cause it seems like everybody in the team used it at one point or another. Cool. Cool. Okay, Uh, I'm going to just gather up a big handful. I'm going to kind of count out about seven of them and then then as an afterthought, grab an eighth. Okay. And then just start rushing for the door. All right. You see her come in and run down to the end, grab some serum and start to run out. What are you doing? We've only got a few minutes. The other boys outside will be distracted for a few. We've got to deal with the alpha. 
And that means nothing to me as she runs out the door. Yeah. What do you do? Are you just keeping on, keeping on? Uh, have I collected an amount that I feel is sufficient? Yeah, I think that um, kind of, I think that jumping around and putting your two narratives together in this moment that you've had enough time while he summoned this creature. Okay. Um, I want to start a big fire. Yeah. Tell me how. I... I don't know exactly. I just know how difficult it is to how dangerous it is to start a fire in a lab. Like it's harder not to start a fire yeah. than to start one. All right. Uh, so, so roll investigate a mystery. Cool. As you are looking around trying to figure <laughs> out what's dangerous. 15. <laughs> you get a hold too. How do I start a big nasty fire? <laughs> yeah, that is a fair, fair question. About halfway down, there is a giant black barrel that is filled with something that looks like Icor, but the smell that comes off of it, you can see waves, and you just have the feeling that this is gonna burn. All right, um, I'm gonna snap a photo of it and basically turn on all the burners, um, all around this place, and then I am going to knock this thing over so that it is spilling in that direction and basically dip like a rag in some of it. And so when I get to the door, I'm going to toss that rag through the flames so that it'll catch and just hit the spill and everything will come up. Yeah, I don't think that that is a tricky enough thing for you to have to roll. Um, So, you know, two minutes of setting up, getting all the, the burners going, having to light them, and you see the flames start to spread as you run out the door. Um, all right, I want to try and figure out where the hell Siobhan went and head the same direction. Okay, um, roll investigate a mystery. Ten. All right, you get a hold two. Where did it go? She is headed towards the amphitheater. I feel like I know the answer to this. I, I don't know if I can ask this as an investigative mystery. What was it going to do? Um, I don't know, so I can't tell you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to write down what I think the answer is. Oh, just for posterity. Just, just for posterity. Okay. Um. So I think since since Patrick is in conversation, I think we go back to to Siobhan to see what she is doing. She is on the trajectory towards this group. I want to stop for a moment and fish in my spell pouch for a little piece of flaky dried skin, and I want to try to invoke another rote that is called Through Their Eyes. Uh, this is a flake of Patrick's skin, and my attempt here is I want to see exactly where he is and what state they're in with this, whatever fight it is that I think I left them to. Okay, roll it. It's the flake that she uses for um, Patrick communion. Oh, yeah, that is a... <laughs> Gross. <laughs> that is, is a resounding bomb. success. Uh, so through this, I can see and hear through his senses. So you hear him answering questions about James. And as he is sitting in the room behind him, you see some stuff on the wall. Like they are very clearly in a room. And the shape of the room straight ahead of you, you see a wall and then kind of a curvature around and then a door. And it looks like one of the rooms that you remember seeing in the back of the pavilion. And he is talking to a very hairy and a little more muscular version of TJ from what you've seen in the photos. Okay. Um, so I'm going to shake that off and just haul ass in that direction. As I'm going... I am knocking the tops off of these werewolf serums and one at a time, just jamming them into my hip. <laughs> I do that six times as I get up to this uh, pavilion and into the doorway. What? Well, if you have any damage, it's it's more than healed. Um, and 
you get there and um she looks like bane yeah (laughs) neck veins throbbing so yeah you get outside of the door that you assume that they are in so i want to essentially just kick this door open get eyes on tj as fast as i can and then use my burn everything eruption on him all right roll it okay Jesus. Um, I'm using another point of luck. <laughs> what? All right. Um, this is like quadruple backlash next time. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so the one that I'm you, you get two to pick from. So this is the single target. Three harm, ignore armor, magic, obvious. TJ in his chair suddenly is up and stumbling backwards. <laughs> and in the fire... You see him starting to transform back into the full werewolf version of himself. And if I can, I'm going to jam my seventh werewolf serum into my hip. So what we see is her jam this seventh needle into her thigh and her bones start to crack and creak. And there is another full-blown werewolf standing in the room. Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Are you there? I think I'm getting something. Why are you recording? For science. Did you hear that? We're a little off schedule. Maybe it's the aliens. I'm studying electromagnetic phenomena and anomalies. I don't think losing people is scary, I just... Don't want to do it anymore. Just together with me. Radio check, who's this? I didn't do it! You never do anything! We should still be secure. Are you safe? The walkies again. Who are you? Comfort. I am not doing it on purpose. You can't bullshit! I am not doing it on purpose! Stop. Stop! Oh god. I don't like this. I don't like this. What the hell was that? I'm not supposed to know that. We're supposed to be innocent. I feel an ending coming. Oracle, a sci-fi anthology podcast set in the not-so-distant future. Season 2, Transmission, available in bi-monthly episode releases starting July 1st, 2023. Or listen now to Season 1, Iris, wherever you get your podcasts.